0: Welcome back into the Rounding Third podcast. I'm Nick. We got Harrison with us tonight. How are we doing, bud?
1: Good. How are we doing?
0: Not too bad. Not too bad. Sean is doing adult stuff again. So hopefully he'll join us um, next week. Uh, We possibly have an exciting show next week as well. Might have a special guest on, but we'll get to that in a little bit. All right. Uh, before we get started, make sure you like and follow us on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can also subscribe and listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Yeah. and, and right. Don't forget to jump on our Facebook page. Don't miss that re- that reel that is still going viral I, weeks later.
0: <laughs> I can't believe that thing is still going. Like, it's amazing. We're still getting comments on that thing. It's crazy. All right. Leading off tonight if you have not seen the Steven Strasberg drama unfolding um, it's both sad. It's infuriating. I don't really know what to think of it, but I mean, we all know that Steven Strasburg, um suffered severe nerve damage in his right uh, pitching arm. He's been on the shelf since June of 2022, I believe. Yep. Um, and then he, made his um, announcement that he was going to retire. And the nationals were going to have a whole retirement ceremony for him in September. And come to find out like this information wasn't supposed to be public. Supposedly, this is what the owners coming out and saying yep. that the information was not supposed to be public. And somehow, the public found out about these private discussions, and they canceled Steven Strasberg's retirement ceremony. And legit leaves it with this. It is our hope that ongoing conversations remain private out of respect for the individuals involved. Until then we look forward to seeing Steven when we report to spring training. Are you freaking kidding me? (laughs) This dude legit, probably sacrificed his career to get you a world series ring and this is how you're treating the guy. Like I don't know all the details behind it, but this is an absolute like travesty on the part of the Washington Nationals.
1: Yeah, it's it's embarrassing on a couple of fronts. One, they canceled an event that supposedly was private and supposedly was never even scheduled, but they did officially cancel it. So you officially canceled an event that wasn't scheduled because from your private discussions, which makes no sense. First of all, um, and then secondly in all this, you make this seem like you're telling Steven, well, you be, you you know, put up or shut up, because we're not, you're not retiring, like, we're not gonna we're not going to go along with this game, you're going to show up and the guy, I mean, there, there was talk earlier this year, because he's going to hit the pension, the pension level here with MLB, he's gonna retire at the end of this year anyways, because it made sense for him to finally just go out. He all indications are he can't pitch, he'll probably never throw a baseball again, period. And he's probably never gonna have full function of his right arm ever again he's not showing up to spring training. So that comment is, it's just kind of a callous remark to make to a guy who literally gave you everything he had. But the flip side of it is, it also shows you the problem with the nationals and and the ownership group, the learners. Yeah. This is a guy who's got $110 million to load to him on a contract that is not insured. Now, I've not seen whether it's not insured because they chose to not insure it or because they couldn't get insurance for it because of the injury history. You gave the guy a boatload of money and you didn't insure it. This is what happens. This is this is the unfortunate side effect of not insuring these contracts is when a guy gets hurt and his career ends early, you still got to pay him.
0: Yeah, and my issue is, like, he got hurt on your dime. Like, he was pitching for the Washington Nationals when he got hurt. So the team should be on the hook for it. If he got hurt in the WBC or – you know, Winter League or whatever league he would play in, that's not the MLB, then, yeah, I would fight it and be like, yeah, dude, we're not, you know, sure. we're not owing you that money. This dude legit put the Nationals on his back, yes, with help from Soto and Rendon, but put them on their back, wins a World Series MVP, and literally pitches till his arm falls off. How many times has a coach told you that in, like, Little League or high school? Like, dude, I'm putting you out there, and you're going to pitch until your arm fell off. His legit did <laughs> basically you did. don't yeah you don't want to pay him for it it's just yeah. i shouldn't be as mad as i am about it but it's just not right it's not okay
1: no and and I'm, I'm finding here from the washington post back in 2019 that the nationals didn't take out the disability insurance on his contract because the premiums would have been extremely high even if the club and the company could have agreed on a policy given Strasburg's age and injury history. So it sounds like they couldn't get Gotten insurance. Maybe it would have been super expensive. So they opted to just not go down that road. So that's the, that's the risk you take, you know, it's just like when you don't have automobile insurance and you go wreck your car, well, that's the risk you take when you don't, when you play that game. So they, uh, and it's, it's sad to see them treat a guy and I get it. Like he got hurt. You got that's gonna be one of the worst contracts in MLB history because you got absolutely nothing for it. Got it. But you did you did hang a banner when the guy was there and that was kind of like a reward for that. So yeah, it cost you a little bit of money. But I think the other the other problem in all this, and, and we talked about this at the beginning of the year, the Nationals owe so much dead money to players that aren't there anymore that they were teetering on the edge of bankruptcy to start this season. Right. This might actually be what kills this organization and forces the learners to have to sell is yeah. that I don't think they can afford to pay them. Yeah. So unless they renegotiate this contract and pay it out over a boatload of years, this might be, you know, kind of what undoes that ownership group. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Doug says here, no lie. That's very much like the military. We're going to cancel the event that never existed in the first right. place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what the nationals that's... are saying. They're like, it's.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're canceling an event that the quarter to them was never technically scheduled because it was all part of private conversations. But either way, it's a shame to see Steven Strasburg's career come to an end like this. When really there should be, there should have been an event, you know, he should have been brought back. He should have had his moment. They should have honored him and then should have set him off in the sunset.
0: And I'm sure they, they're still going to, once this gets all ironed out. I mean, he sure deserves to get his number yep. retired there.
1: And, and, but if you're Steven Strasburg, are you going to come back for another one of these?
0: i I don't know what's happening behind closed door. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like from the outside, this looks messy as hell. Like it does. This, and it doesn't, doesn't look, look like it's
1: Strasburg. No, <laughs> Doug. Yeah. yeah, If they extend his contract, he might be Bunia two point. They'll have to pay him 110 million bucks is going to take a long time to whittle away.
0: For sure. And that <laughs> might be the only way they get it restructured yeah. so they can pay him out. And if I'm Strasburg, like, why not?
1: Yeah, pay me five million bucks a year for the next yeah. 20, 20, what is it, twenty two years? Sure, I don't care. Yeah, I'm thirty. He's thirty five years old.
0: Right, and he's. I mean, he's hanging him up early. But yeah, I I think he does deserve to get honored by, um, by by the Nationals, and I mean, number retired. Sure, why not? I mean, he pitched his ass off for that organization. I mean, his number is thirty seven. Like, whatever, hanging in the rafters. Um, you know, like it's, it's fine. Um, I just don't, I I just don't like the road the nationals are going down with him with, I mean, pretty much since, since the world series, I mean, they just haven't really been able to get their, their shit together for lack of better word since no,
1: he, he deserves better. This organization is a mess. Um, you know, they're in terms of baseball, they're on the right track, you know, they're young, they're getting better but organization they're still a hot mess. Uh, this never should have gotten out like it did. It never should have been canceled like it was this. They shouldn't have aired the dirty launch like they did. They shouldn't have made the comment him coming back to spring training. Like there's so many things that went wrong here. Um, but I do hope they come to some kind of resolution and he does get his moment because he deserves it. However, I would question if I'm him, do I just tell the organization to shove it and disappear?
0: Yeah. that. I think that's the one comment that's really rubbing me the wrong way is the nationals. Didn't have to come out and say, we'll see you in spring training.
1: You know, he's not going to be like,
0: that's the biggest slap in the face to anybody. Like, I mean, uh, come on, like be better than that. That's not okay.
1: It's, it's embarrassing. That's not all right.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. uh, Moving on to a couple MLB news right here off the top. Um, we're going to start with that Yankees and Brewers game yesterday. I know tragedy. a lot of you a lot of you were probably watching football since it was opening weekend, all that stuff. Um I had that on in the background, you know, yelling at the New England Patriots because they suck. And then also this Yankees Brewers game. The Brewers had a no-hitter going into the 11th inning. 11th inning and they lost 4 to 3 they lost on a walk-off double. Um, painful. It it hurts, but that's what we get with the the runner on second and extra innings. Yeah. The fact well, that they were able to carry it through 11 innings is pretty remarkable. Well, it's unreal, but, but this but, is the
1: Brewers. Like <clears throat> this is how the Brewers have been for years. They will they will do weird stuff like this. They will they'll lose a game 11-9 and then they'll lose a game one nothing. Like you just never know what you're going to get with them. Yeah.
0: Corbin Burns was lights out. He carried oh, he the nasty. no hitter all the way to the eighth inning. Devin Williams pitched in the ninth. Uh, I don't know if he came out for the tenth. I was like I said, I was switching back and forth. Yeah, I can't remember
1: who pitched. It was, I think Williams only went one inning.
0: It was yeah, it was four pitchers that combined yep. for that eleventh inning, and then they end up losing four to three. Just, like,
1: just so. ugly. Very ugly. Yeah.
0: What was it? Early in the year, was it the Pirates that got the no hitter and lost? Yes. <laughs> yeah, just. it's. It's like kind of that that same thing. You threw eleven no hit innings and lost the ball game. Sorry yep. for you. But. Yeah,
1: that pain. That's painful.
0: Yeah. Um. All right. If you haven't seen this story, this is this is a wild story. Cabrian Hayes for the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, has a three one count, um, and the pitch is thrown, and it is it is six to eight inches outside. I mean, this is not even remotely close to the strike zone umpire calls a strike Cabrian hayes you know doesn't say anything to him at the time but after the game as umpires are walking off the field he went up to the umpire to hold him accountable for that call and he said something to the effect of um you know like hey like that wasn't a strike and the umpire gives a shrug and says i gave you a chance to hit a home run and Cabrian Hayes just absolutely, like, it, it's just not the right thing to say. And he just says, that tells me you don't care at all about the game and the integrity of the game. I want the ABS now. And he is calling for it. I mean, he is tagging MLB in these posts. He is He is ready. He said there's no accountability for these umpires. And that is not a professional thing to say to a professional hitter in that time, in that moment.
1: Yeah, I just I put a link in the chat to an article that's actually got a, a big picture of the of the bad strike call. I mean, it's not even close, it's like a good solid six inches off the plate. Not borderline, not like he just missed it, like way off. Yeah. But this is the frustration we've seen. To a lot of players. I remember Kyle Schwarber when he lost his mind uh, <laughs> in that one game, you know, scream to the umpires and both sides are mad, and, and he had the whole like animated thing. I think MLB has done some good things. They have the umpire scorecards and all the stuff that comes out, but they do nothing with it. Like MLB doesn't actually have the power to change the problem. They, that is why Angel Hernandez and CB Buckner are still in the field. They are horrendous. They, sh- they have no business being on a major league baseball field as umpires, but they're still there because they can't do anything about it. And I think the players are finally saying, look, guys, enough's enough. If you're not going to fix it, we're going to demand you fix it because we're not going to keep playing this way. And literally yeah. these ABS systems, literally to Brian Hayes could have gone tap, tap, tap on his helmet. Five seconds later, there's a ruling ball four, he walks game continues. Instead, yeah. you've got this nasty situation. He gets hosed. It alters the outcome of the game. The umpire kind of makes some flip comment because of course you can't hurt me. So I don't care. And you get, you get this kind of situation when literally the ABS could have solved it all.
0: Yeah. It's not even a five second appeal. Pro- if you've seen it in the minors, there is a viral clip that's going around where a batter literally doesn't even look at the umpire. He just hits his, you know, hits his helmet like three times, umpire turns and looks, and then comes back and says, strike. Yeah, like, it's that's it. It's literally two seconds. It's amazing. I'm, and and, it, and is. it doesn't
1: change the flow of the game. It doesn't affect anything. Nope. And they can't abuse it. They can't do it like every single pitch. Right. But yeah. like situations like that, man, it'd be nice to have that. Because this mean, this call is horrendous.
0: And there's been some really, really bad ones. There was another viral clip that i was watching it was like the top 10 worst calls of the year and it was by oh, yeah. distance it was by distance from the zone and like there's
1: some really bad ones so
0: there the furthest one was like 10 inches or something like it was like 10 10 1 or something like that and i was like god that is horrendous for yeah. professional listen we're all human we all make mistakes yeah. i get it i mean these guys are also throwing frisbees at 95 miles an hour now oh yeah no like, it's not you're, easy you're gonna you're gonna miss a couple but a couple not, you know, not 20 in a game that changes the outcome. So it's just, it's it's crazy. I I don't know how to fix it other than like you said, using the ABS.
1: And I don't know why. I don't know why that wouldn't be a good solution for everybody. Now you can just oh Yeah, I missed it. Grab it fixed. Good. We're moving along. Yeah. Just cleans up the game.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think you have to get rid of umpires because I think human umpires do control the flow of the game you know what i mean like yeah. you have the human element right so strikes called strike ball ball you know if there's a review there's a quick one boom if you have a robot umpire and that thing malfunctions mid-game now you got a whole bunch of crap that you're trying to do that's right. not you know so I, I think keeping the umpires there is fine use that as a review and go on from there it will keep
1: the flow you still need people to maintain the flow of the game you know make sure timeout is called give you know a guy slides into second be able to call time so we can stand up and get the stuff off like you still need umpires in the field to do some do some stuff but having this as a checkpoint in the process just adds so much credibility to the umpires it fixes those five or six times a game where like there's a really important pitch that you want to make sure is right and it just it, it I think it solves these issues but these players are finally just like enough is enough I'm tired of getting hosed when it matters fix it yeah and they're right i mean this is major league baseball this is not you know i'm not going to pick on little league but this is not amateur baseball right like, like get us professional umpires that can do it that can do the job
0: yeah and it, like you said it's the umpires union that's definitely protecting these guys and keeping them employed and this is their full-time job we've talked about this before it's not like nfl referees where you know ed hockey hockey, hockey goes back and he's a lawyer full-time but he comes and rests football on the weekends because he likes to do it yeah exactly because like, it's fun right like these mlb umpires this is their full-time job all they do this is what they do this and is they get paid their well. profession it, yeah absolutely they get paid well and if you're not good at your job, it should be next man up. That's how it is in Major League Baseball. If if you're hitting 067 and playing third base for the Boston Red Sox and you're not cutting it, guess what? Next man up.
1: Yeah. So the average like, salary for an MLB umpire in 2023 was 235000 $235,000. And all their travel expenses are covered.
0: Yeah. I, there's really no use for it. Or, no, like, you know, no, no excuse for it. I mean,
1: so I mean, you got you got close to a million bucks worth of salary on the field at any point in time trying to make a call because that's the average, which means there's guys that are higher up the food chain than that, right?
0: Yeah, your crew chiefs, you're probably veteran umpires because they probably get like a quote unquote cost of living raise, you know, like it's, I don't know, it uh, they they need to, to do something with it, like. Baseball fans might be against it to begin with, you know, to start with, I should say. Um, But the changes that MLB has made, as skeptical as we were on some of them at the beginning of this year, really haven't changed the game at all. The pitch clock has not been an issue. We kind of figured it wouldn't once people settled into it and got used to it. Um, It's been an issue for some pitchers' performance but that's a different issue.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. The umpires have handled it better than the, uh,
0: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think the umpires have done a pretty good job policing it too. Like, I mean, there's been a lot of times where that clock gets to yeah. zero. It's like, bang, nope, that's a ball. There's um, only, yeah, there's
1: only been a couple of situations where I think they mishandled it, but it was more so out of confusion because, you know, there's a weird stoppage or something, right. but it's Which gone. It's gone get. well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's as much as like, the hardcore baseball fans or the baseball purists were against it the average major league baseball game time is down by like it's like 27 minutes i think i saw yeah it's, uh, it's
1: yeah it's it's about it's half an sig-
0: hour it's significant and it has added to the baseball attendance is up people are going to games it's yep. all working and if you get the calls right even more and fine tune baseball it's only going to make it better. And by fine tuning the strike zone, you're automatically going to get more offense. Yes, right. And and ultimately, that's what baseball wants. Yep. That's not what pitchers want, I, but that's what right. MLB wants.
1: Right. And I and I don't expect an umpire to go out there and get 100% of the calls. Right. Like, no. the, there's just no way that that's not what we're trying to ask for. I think it's important. I think it's important to say we expect the mistakes to be made. The ABS just there to catch those mistakes when they are made. Because to your point, Nick, these guys are throwing 95 to 100 with crazy movement, you know, lateral movement up. And it's wild how far these pitches move. Sometimes the ABS is nothing more than the safety net to catch the mistake because they're going to happen because good luck calling some of those pitches. Yeah, like I'm sitting here like I like said, like, I could do it. But hell no, there's, there's no chance,
0: dude. I'd blank and be like, what happened? The catcher's throwing the ball back to the pitcher's mound. But yeah, Doug makes a good point. Like bigger questions for me is like, why don't guys like Buckner and Hernandez retire? seeing how bad their numbers are give the younger guys a shot i
1: agree it's a great that. gig
0: it, and, but that's <laughs> the thing right you work six months out of the year you get paid 200k and you go home and enjoy it for six months and you go back i, I mean it's a that's a sweet ass gig but I, I don't know i i think because it's unionized these guys are never going to go away until they decide to hang it up, which
1: yeah, is terrible. They don't, there's no like mandatory retirement age. There's no, there's like none of that. These guys can literally be there forever. If they want Yeah. crazy. I don't get it. And it's, it's sad because yeah. some of these guys should just be gone.
0: Yeah. Buckner stats the other day were absolutely i saw that report 90
1: was like like 90 percent correct
0: and then angel hernandez i think was 87 or something like that and i was like oh my god that is brutal but
1: yeah it's bananas yeah
0: i mean i'm for it at this point we've seen it at the minor leagues in the minor leagues level or the independent baseball level i don't remember exactly which league they did the abs in but i am all for
1: it like i can't remember but it it makes a lot of sense. When you see the video of it you're like, "Man, that's perfect." Yeah.
0: Yeah, like I said, it's a 2-second process. Tap, tap, umpire turns, yep, strike. Boom, that's it. Appeal over. Pitcher's probably not even back on the rubber at that point. So, whatever.
1: Yeah, it's it's silly, but it just it's the Cabrian Hayes situation is one of many we've had this year where players are just frustrated with it. I get it. MLB's got to figure something out.
0: Yeah, and I honestly, I think Cabrian Hayes did it the right way. Like, he didn't blow up at the umpire. No. He didn't get in his face. He just asked him, held him accountable, and, and then went to Twitter about it. Like, he wasn't vulgar yeah. about it. He wasn't screaming nope. at him. He just goes, that's not an appropriate answer to give me. Oh, you're giving me another shot that hit a home run? Cool. Like, that tells me you don't care about my at-bat or don't correct. care about making the correct call. Like, that's not okay. It's not okay.
1: Yep. Yeah, we're, we're trailing, trying to get runners on base. You're taking the bat out of my hand. Like, that's a problem. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, like I said, I'm for it. I mean, the baseball changes that they've made now, I think, have been incredible for the game, the speed of the game, the pace of the game, the average fans coming. Like, baseball is back. It. I mean, it also helps that you have Superstars doing superstar things, which we'll get to in a yep. little bit later. Um, that all helps. It's been like the perfect storm, but this would be like cherry on top. Like, let's get this correct. Because at this point, we might as well, right? I mean, we've replay for everything else. You might as yep. well give the batter one appeal, and at bat, that's it.
1: You know, yeah, that's it. And use it wisely. And if
0: and if you get it wrong, it's a strike. You know, I'm sure that's what it is,
1: you know, make it worthwhile.
0: So. Yeah, I mean, right, because it would be the other way, right? They wouldn't challenge us a ball to be a strike, so it would have to be a strike to be a ball. So if they get it wrong, it's a strike. That's it.
1: Yep. That's it.
0: Um, Yeah. And this is kind of what I was kind of trying to maybe not say it so elegantly, but In the situation, it changes how the batter sees the zone, too. If that's a strike, then what else is that I have to protect against now? For sure. Right. Now, if you put the strike zone in a box, which, essentially, that's what the strike zone was supposed to be. It's what it is. Right. Then there shouldn't be any fluctuation in what it looks like, even from umpire to umpire. We all know it does. That's the human element that people are all bent out of shape about, but Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm for it just because it's going to increase offense significantly. I think
1: totally I'm with you. It just, it makes, to me, it's a no brainer to have that, to have that safety, that, that check, that safety in in place where, you know, that a, a bad call on a pivotal point of the game can get fixed. Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. We're going to move on to some trivia here. So without Sean, Harrison is a little solo. I know we got Doug in the comments. Somebody else is watching here too, so you can chime in um, if you know some of these trivia questions. Um, I'm going to preface this by these are all postseason questions, but they're not. They are <laughs> postseason drought questions.
1: Oh boy, here we so go. So here
0: we go. Which the Red Sox. Oh, sorry. <laughs> right. Which two teams currently have the longest postseason droughts? Uh, Seattle? Nope, they made it last year.
1: Oh, sorry, they made it last year. They they had they had the longest drought until last year, yeah. right?
0: <clears throat> um, we make fun of this team longest. almost like weekly.
1: It's got to be the Angels. Angels is one. Pirates? Nope. No, that's right. They had a, they had a run a few years ago. Yeah midwest the list yeah say kansas city was in the world series not that long ago
0: nope not sensi yeah i i was
1: i was thinking that too doug and i'm like no i feel like they were in not that long ago at least in joey Votto's tenure
0: northern midwest
1: milwaukee no milwaukee's
0: been in a little bit east
1: say so you got Cleveland's been in you've got oh Detroit Detroit yeah oh. yeah Detroit kind of forgot about kind of right. forgot about them <laughs> right
0: because I mean uh, when they're not I, significant yeah it hasn't worth talking with them in a right. long time yeah the Tigers and Angels are both currently at eight eight years without and then, a post-season. And
1: then am, am I right that last year before the Mariners made it they had the longest drive? They,
0: yeah they've been it's been a long time since the Mariners so all right this one's kind of crazy this one is a cool one which team has the least amount of postseason appearances and how many?
1: So which team is the least amount? This one's kind of a cool stat. I was like, dang. I feel like it's gonna be a West Coast team. Nope. It's not. No. Cause I immediately went to Seattle and Anaheim.
0: Nope. The least amount of postseason appearances and how many?
1: The Least amount, all right. So let's go around. It's not anybody from the AL East, not gonna be the NL East. It is the NL East, it's the NL East. Yep,
0: and that's not KC in five. It's a good guess, Doug. Uh, boy. It's gonna, it's not Atlanta, it's gonna, not Philly. It's gonna blow your mind. The Mets, nope. The Marlins, it I mean, is. they have been around that long. The Marlins with two. So, both times they've yeah. made the playoffs, they've won the World Series.
1: World Series are bust. Yep. So, Marlins with two. Crazy. That's right. Cause they had 97 and 03, <laughs> and they really, they've never been back. Yep. It's just, that's nuts. I was like, wait, that's pretty nuts. That is pretty nuts. All right.
0: Here we go. We can start rattling off teams here now. Seven teams have five or less postseason appearances in their history. Who are they?
1: Well, we know the Marlins are one.
0: Marlins are one.
1: (laughs) Uh, So let's go Marlins. Let's go Rockies. Yep. Uh, Diamondbacks? Nope. Really? Okay. They have six. They're close. So oh, five or less close. Seattle,
0: Seattle. Nope. The angels. Nope. Angels are no. Angels have 10.
1: Oh, cause you gotta go back to the California angels days too. Yep. So you got Marlins,
0: Rockies, Mariners.
1: Nationals. Nationals. Yep. No national slash expos. Yep. Nationals. So it's four, right? Yeah, you got four.
0: Uh White Sox? Nope. No, because they go way back. White Sox only have nine.
1: Oh, really? in, in like a hundred. Isn't that crazy? Over they only years? have nine postseason appearances. That's, that's pitiful.
0: Yep. Uh Tampa? Tampa. Yep. It's five. You're missing two. One of them we thought was going to be a playoff team this year, and definitely Pittsburgh. No, De- I mean definitely not. And they should have been the best team in the West. Oh, uh, San Diego. Yep, Padres, and then one more. They're actually leading a division right now.
1: Oh, really? Well, mm-hmm. oh, the Twins had their days. You're in the right spot, wrong league. Milwaukee. Yep, Milwaukee. Okay. Yeah, I could see that because Milwaukee didn't. They only had a couple of stretches where they were really good. Yeah, crazy. Yeah,
0: Padres, Nationals, Rockies, Brewers, Mariners, Rays, and Marlins have five or less postseason appearances
1: in their franchise history. Yeah, and four of those are expansion teams, right? It's right. <laughs> so it's like they should they should be on that list.
0: Thirteen teams, I think it was thirteen, have ten or less. Wow. White Sox, Royals, and Mets have nine. Rangers have eight. Blue Jays have seven. Diamondbacks have six. Padres Nationals, four. I mean, five. Rockies, Brewers, Mariners, Rays with four, and the Marlins with two. It's crazy.
1: It just it blows my mind to think that that means that 17 teams have basically had all the postseason appearances. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's and really, nice. you look at that list; it's probably like six teams yeah. <laughs> that have like all the postseason appearances. Right.
0: Well, yeah the the Yankees are up at like fifty eight. Right, um, it's not even close. The Dodgers the Yan- are second, I think, yeah. with like twenty eight or something. Yankees,
1: Dodgers, Red Sox, Cubs, yeah, like all their long timers. Yeah. But it's crazy.
0: Holy cow! All right. So this one, I want you to kind of like think about um, the curses. Huh. like the two long curses. so I'm going to narrow it down that way for you. Okay. And see if you can come up with this player. According to baseball reference, name the player with the most games played with no postseason appearance. <laughs> the games, most games played with no postseason appearance. And I'll give you the number of games played without a postseason oh appearance. 2528 and this is a this is a well-known player what yeah without (laughs) a postseason appearance like i said think about think about the droughts like the world series droughts and that might narrow it down a little bit a very well-known player nope not ted williams
1: i say my mind immediately went to ted williams uh ernie banks it is it's ernie banks Okay. 19 seasons,
0: 2,528 games played from 1953 to 1971. Never saw a postseason appearance.
1: That is so sad. 514
0: career home runs, and the dude never saw a postseason game. Like, think about that for a minute, though. Ernie Banks never played in the postseason. Mr. Cub.
1: Never played there. Never,
0: never saw the playoffs.
1: How? Like,. How do you never make the playoffs once in his whole career?
0: Absolutely brutal. Absolutely brutal.
1: Holy cow. Isn't that
0: nuts. I was like, wow. So that's what
1: I I mean you tip your hat to a guy like Ernie Banks that I mean, Grant, I know free agency wasn't necessarily a thing. Right. You know, but man, to to go out there every day. And dude gets never up never have a shot.
0: Dude gets up, goes two for four, hits two balls on Wayland Avenue, goes back to the dugout and be like, "Man, you guys suck!"
1: <laughs> like, yeah, and, we, and we're going to miss the playoffs again. my God,
0: man, that's so frustrating. But
1: all right, that's such a sad stat, Nick. It's right, absolutely <laughs> crazy. Stat. But
0: yeah, so I thought that was kind of cool to do playoff drought. That's amazing trivia. There. That was that was some a nice little rabbit hole I went down. So it was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, there's so many cool rabbit holes you can go down for trivia. Just make sure you ask the question the right way.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. Or don't. That's what gives us the most views. Yeah, exactly. Or don't. That helps. I mean, that thing is still going. It's been a month. It's been a month and a half, I think, at this point.
1: And we're still getting comments
0: like, oh, these guys are idiots, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well. I love it. Do your research. Yeah, it's awesome. All right. Uh, We have two rounding third questions that I put out here this week. Uh, I'm about to pull them up here. Um, the first one was who are the front runners for um, American league and national league MVP? Um, I mean, rookie of the year. Sorry. Um, who do you think you are? Who are your front runners, Harrison?
1: I'm still, I mean, I, I'm, I started the year off saying it was Corbin Carroll and Gunnar Henderson. I still think it is. I still feel like those guys are the front runners. Yeah. Um, You know, we've had some interesting seasons though. I feel like, you know, like Gunnar Henderson got off to a really slow start and then he really turned it on. You have a, you have a guy like Casas that actually has been red hot of late. um, Who's going to get more consideration than he probably would have a month ago. Yeah. But I still feel like Carroll and Gunnar Henderson are the, Are the top tier of this class yeah i mean i look at what corbin carroll's doing is is insane um and you know that's true of henderson too i mean the guy's got 20 he was a 22 or 23 home runs now he's played really good defense um and you know when he when he really figured it out that team took off yeah
0: corbin Carroll. corbin carroll's hitting 284 24 homers 47 stolen bags Mm -hmm. 47 stolen bags Almost yep. 25 home runs hitting, you know, 285. Um,
1: and plays really good defense. His, his war
0: is 5.2. I, I mean, he's he's there for sure. Um, yeah. Gunnar Henderson's numbers, 254. But he's 24 homers, 74 RBIs, yep. only nine stolen bases. Um, but he's got a 5.1 war. So, I mean, I, I think yep. he's the favorite. Cassis is sitting at a 2 war 263. He's got 24 home runs, 64 RBIs, but no stolen bags. Um I don't know. I mean, it depends on how much, you know, weight they put into the the winds above replacement, I think. Um but they have Yeah, I mean, you pretty identical You can make numbers. a
1: case. I mean, you can make a case and it was it was sad that um you know like Josh Young went down. Yeah. Um you know, because he was really making a case too for himself, Um, and obviously the missed time is going to hurt. I, but I do
0: think I think Josh I Young think was going to be hard. Yeah, Josh Young was head head and shoulder, uh, twenty two home runs, 67 seven RBIs, and that yeah. was before he went on the shelf three weeks ago.
1: Yeah, he, I mean, he was making he was he was right there neck and neck with those with Gunnar Henderson in the lead, and then Casas came up behind. His
0: him. last game was August sixth, so he had twenty he for a month. Yeah. 22
1: home runs, and, you know, it, yeah. I, it was Josh Young's for sure, but. <laughs> Doug, Cassis is a freaking NFL linebackers. I wouldn't expect steals from him. <laughs> I mean, <fast. laughs> He's a big boy. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. is a big boy. But even he's come on really strong, and I, it, it was a runaway, it seemed like, for Henderson for a while. Then Josh Young really came on aggressively. Yeah. And then Young got hurt, and then Cassis came on. But I still think Henderson wins it, but it's going to be a lot closer than it than it looked like it was going to be. And in yep. the NL, I don't know how it's anybody but Corbin Carroll that wins it. So you have the because three I will say, Nick, I will heart. say you jinxed you jinxed our boy Ellie hard. Oh, you put, absolutely! You, you way overhyped on our top one hundred list. The dude's hitting a buck thirty three with like a forty percent strikeout rate over the last month and a half. You're You've
0: welcome. You've ruined him.
1: You ruined Ellie single handedly. So, so through 83 games, he's got 126 Ks. That would put him on an almost 250 K <laughs> trend for a year. It, it's bad.
0: It's My bad. God. My bad, Ellie. Anyways, so you, you ruined him. So right now, Vegas odds to win, or the FanDuel odds, I should say, to win Rookie of the Year, second place, Cody Senga. But oh, okay, yeah, I've- the Mets stink. Um, but I mean, the yeah, odds aren't he's, close. He's like point, he's like plus 1700. Yeah. So I was, was saying I
1: mean, It it's he's probably the right second place person, but it's still not yeah. close.
0: And then it shoots up to plus 15,000 for Spencer Steer and James Outman. So they're on the outside looking. And then Matt McLean's also on that list. Um,
1: you can put play. the entire Cincinnati Red starting lineup on that list, like legit, like
0: <laughs> basically, like not, not even kidding. No, um and then the odds for al is Gunnar henderson in the lead um cassis is plus 800 so he's gaining a little bit of ground not
1: way off but he's
0: nope and then uh tanner bibby Bibi. i don't know how to say his I, name.
1: I can never get i know i never get his name right looks like
0: yeah and then uh yoshida yeah. is plus 3000 um yeah. Josh a good season. So long, yeah for sure and then josh young's on the list behind yoshida but fading because he's been out so um, yeah
1: and I, I thought i saw that there's a chance they might see him here next couple weeks before the playoffs start assuming the the rangers are going to make the playoffs because right now it doesn't look like they will
0: yeah right now let's take a quick look at those standings we didn't mention it earlier so uh baltimore houston minnesota are your division leaders yeah. in the and AL East. don't
1: look now houston's got like a three-game lead they have come it's, roaring back as they yeah. always do
0: so tampa bay is eight and a half up in the wild card they're not that spots pretty much cemented. Yeah. So at
1: this point you can say Baltimore, Minnesota, Houston and Tampa are in the playoffs.
0: It is a three team race for the last two spots. Toronto is a game up and in second place in the wild card. Seattle is third barely hanging on to uh, a half game lead um in front of Texas. So Texas is just on the outside at a half game um and I'm surprised they're only a half game out cuz they scuffled there pretty hard for the last like week, week and a Te-
1: half. Texas has lost seven of their last 10. So is Seattle, I mean, yep. th- those teams, I mean, Seattle was red hot. They've lost three in a row, seven of their last 10. They've come right back to earth.
0: That was, that was the chance. If the Sox wanted to make a run, yep. the Sox right there had to go seven and three. Yep. And the, and they didn't, they went they four didn't. and six.
1: Yep. And the uh, the Red Sox have, they've got, the, what's left on the schedule is not an easy schedule. No. They've got to make up some ground. They've got, you know, the Yankees here for four. Then they're back, they're out on the road. They've got they've got a pretty they got the Rangers. They got the Rays. They got the Orioles. They got they've got uh, some stout teams coming to town. Yeah, but
0: yeah, um, it's just crazy. Um, so division leaders in the NL, obviously Atlanta clenched already. Which yeah, is it's stupid. Nuts. They're ninety four and forty nine. Uh, Dodgers plus,
1: plus two forty. Nick, it's, it's silly. Tell me who Duh. tell me who beats them in a five or seven game series. No one.
0: I, I, I think this is Atlanta. If Atlanta loses, if they get anything but a world series, it's a failed season for the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. That's where I am at at them. Like Agreed. they are so deep, are so good that if they don't win a World Series, it's it, a bad year. It's a failed year.
1: Yep.
0: Um Dodgers. And Milwaukee are in the lead there. Philly's starting to fade back a little bit from this top spot. So this could be an interesting race um, down the wire here. So separated by five games are six teams to get in these three wild spots, wild card spots. Philly's up at three and a half. Cubs are up by two. Arizona is uh, even. And then Miami is a half game back. And then the Giants and the Reds are a game and a half back. So we had mentioned last week, we went over their schedules to see what they looked like. Um, and we felt that Arizona and Cincinnati had the easiest schedule going out. They do. The Marlins had a w- massive gauntlet to run through, yeah. which a couple things. They beat the Dodgers two out of three. Which, and they had uh, Soler go to the IL And yep. They've... I think if the Marlins stumble to the finish line here and get into the playoffs, they're going to be exhausted because this is such a tough stretch for them that it's going to be tough for them to keep that momentum. I think personally,
1: yeah. Um, so the the Marlins five days ago put Sandy Alcantara and Jorge Soler on the IL, and then they went off and and beat the Dodgers two out of three. Yep. Yeah. It makes no sense. like we saw those injuries and we're like, Baseball. wow, that's gonna make this even harder for them. They're done. Then they go take two out of three from the Dodgers. And you're like, oh, maybe not.
0: Yep. Baseball. Crazy. It,
1: it makes no sense sometimes, man. Absolutely. And then no. in the meantime, you got speaking of the Braves, you got uh Matt Olson hit two home runs tonight, he's now got fifty. <laughs> a guy that a guy's gonna get no MVP votes because his teammates gonna take them all.
0: Uh which uh, that's a great segue, Harrison. <laughs> this was my second question that i kind of threw out today because i saw um these stats and i go holy hannah yeah so ronald acuna right now in 2023 he hasn't achieved all of these yet but these are numbers that ronald acuna could achieve by the end of the season 40 home runs 70 stolen bases 200 hits 100 rbis 30 doubles 140 runs 350 total bases a 330 batting average a 1000 ops and an eight war these are n- numbers never achieved by any player in mlb history yeah like all together so this was my question if acuna does achieve everything on this list this season would this be considered the best season ever by any baseball player in history and if not
1: I, I mean, I think the short answer is he's having one of the best seasons in baseball history, yes. It's likely not the best season in baseball history because of the season that Shohei Otani's having, where he's where he's also had the pitching stats on top of it. Right. But I think for, for a, you know, forget about Shohei Otani being on both sides of the ball. For a hitter, this will go down as one of the top few seasons in baseball history because he literally has done everything that you can do. Yeah, I mean, he I won't that. Triple crown, but he's done everything but.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think this was. I think I answered a, you know, somebody commented. Um, Sarah said he's not uh, far ahead in one category, but is ahead in so many. So yes, he's the MVP. Um, and she said, "I'm also biased because she's a huge Braves she's a fan."
1: Wicked Braves fan.
0: But I vote best ever season. Um. Do recognize that the new rules make stolen bases easier and probably could account for other records. Um, well, I said thing. I agree. He's got to be the MVP. I, I think as such a good season as Mookie's having, this has got to be Acuna's. He went into LA and absolutely showed Mookie Betts he was the MVP of that series. Absolutely, yes, he did. that's what he did. He did. He absolutely showed up. Everybody. Um, I said I could make an argument that if he achieves this entire list. This could be the best statistical season by anybody ever. Like, yes, you have Shohei Otani. Yes, you have, um, you know, your Babe Ruth, your Aaron Judges, but they, or even Miguel Cabrera has won the triple crown, but like he just led in the home runs average in, you know, RBIs that season. He probably led in doubles and stuff too. But I mean, the amount of things that Ronald Acuna is ahead of, or in the lead of is just well, unreal.
1: Yeah, and think about that for a second. He's leading categories that don't normally go together. How many guys lead the league in batting average, OPS and stolen bases? How many how many guys lead the league in doubles and stolen bases? Like yeah. What he's doing, there's there's very few players back in, in baseball history you can look back to. Maybe Ricky Henderson's the only one. I don't think brutally, he's
0: lead, I don't think he's leading in doubles because I feel like Freddie Freeman's got about 65.
1: Yeah, I know you're right. He probably he probably does. But you the he's it's sorry, mis- 54. Jesus. It's it's a mismatch of categories. Like this is a guy that's exactly. doing everything on the field. Like he's, he's hitting for average. He's getting on base. He's hitting for power. He's stealing bases. Like he is doing everything. There's no other player that is doing as many things for a single team as Ronald Acuna Jr. Does.
0: Yeah. He gets on first base and he's, he, it's a run. Well, it's like the
1: other night he stole or not the, I, I said, this is going back a couple of weeks now. He stole his 60th base it was on a pickoff attempt. He just ran and took, yeah. and took second on a pickoff. Yeah.
0: Absolutely like they, they
1: can't even pick the guy off. <laughs> he just runs and takes the base, like wearing his 72 pounds of jewelry around his neck. But what I, and that's the funny thing with him is that you're not seeing, you're not seeing like all the stats that go together. He is like across the board, got everything covered. Yeah. I mean, so and he plays some good defense too. You know, usually got an absolute cannon. He's kind of absolute hose. Um,
0: Yeah, I I think I'm going to double down and say this could, this is probably the best statistical season I've ever seen personally. Like just the amount of stats this guy's putting up. He is like basketball terms, stuffing the stat sheet. You know, it's rebounds, it's assists, it's points, it's the intangibles. It's You know, like it's it's everything with him. He is leading in every category.
1: I cannot remember a more dominant season that I've ever seen. From a guy that literally has just done everything.
0: Yeah. Now, the part of being most valuable is a different discussion. Yeah. Because you take Ronald Acuna off that team. Are the Braves still the Braves? They're still good. Uh, Yeah, they're still good. I mean, obviously, the Braves are exponentially better with Ronald Acuna. But that lineup is so deep. You're not getting anybody out.
1: They're still winning that division. They're still a World Series favorite heavily yeah I mean you could put one of us in right field and they're still a World Series favorite
0: yeah I don't know about me but (laughs) (laughs) maybe back in the day but yeah yeah I I mean so I don't know if I would say like it depends on how you view valuable is he having an MVP season how freaking yeah this guy is but is he the most valuable member on his team I mean sure you could argue he is but you could also argue Matt Olson just hit number fifty tonight. Yeah, like,
1: but I think it, it, what makes Acuna different is that he's doing so many things. So, like, if you took him away, it probably hurts the Braves more than if you take Austin Riley or Matt Olson away. I agree. Because you know Matt Olson's home runs are solo shots if he's not on base. You know, right. is Matt Olson getting a fastball down the middle because Acuna's out there dancing, or because he's stolen second and they're worried about like it's the way Acuna changes the approach, changes the game.
0: I think you could make the
1: argument that he's the most valuable player on that team and across the league, because what he does opens up so many opportunities for guys like Riley and Olson to get better pitches and be put in different situations. Oh, absolutely. And I just, I don't know if you like wake up in the morning. I
0: I mean, you probably don't even sleep if you're pitching against these guys the night before, No, like you got to just be like, How the hell am I getting these guys out today?
1: There's no, there's like no hole in that lineup.
0: You're probably better off just throwing fastballs down the middle and just praying and hoping for the best. Hoping they just pop everything off.
1: You get more, oh, look, Sean Murphy's getting the day off. Oh, crap. Darno's going to play. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Well, even the backup catcher is scary.
0: My God, man. it's (laughs) It's,
1: I I mean, as a pitcher, I don't know what you do. I don't know how you prepare for that lineup. You you just you better you better just strap on your chin strap and go, go get your humble pie.
0: Yeah, I man, I don't know. It's crazy, but am, I, am I'm glad I don't that, have to do
1: it. Am I seeing correctly that Aaron Rodgers limped off the field in the first drive? Did he really? <laughs> That's the most Jets thing ever. I'm just sorry. Not to sidetrack it, but no,
0: it's quite okay. Oh God, man, Whatever. the Jets are going to win the division, anyways, right? They got uh, they got Rogers and Dalvin Cook and all these good receivers. Their defense is good.
1: Yeah. Nope. Nope. All right. But and I will say, going back to stolen bases, um, the what was this a couple nights ago? Bryson Stott stole a base against the uh, Marlins, and that was the three thousandth stolen base of the season, which is the first time MLB's done that since twenty twelve. Dang. So the league has stolen over three thousand bases this year for the first time in eleven years. Obviously, a lot of that has to do with the pitch clock. That's changed the way that the running game works. But See, it's also it's also created some excitement around around keeping the game moving. Yeah,
0: I'm kind of like, I don't know. Like, did the pitch clock really change the running game, or oh, yeah. is it more of like a mental thing?
1: No, like the totally, are like. So think of this way, Nick. The pitcher has to get rid of the ball at a certain point, so the, he can stand there and stare at you and stare at you and stare at you. But you know him before that thing goes to zero. He's going. So like you you know and you you can actually you can use that clock to figure out when he's got to deliver the pitch. Well, that, but also the
0: pitchers then the pitchers shouldn't be releasing it at the same time every you know. Well, no,
1: but but if you mix it up, there's still a limit to where you can go. But also you can only you can only separate from the mound twice. Right. So you you can only make two pickoff throws. Once you make those throws, you can't throw again. I mean, Acuna can lead halfway to second base. You can't step off to throw
0: unless you pick him off.
1: And no, I mean in theory you can't get back off the mound or it's a ball. So you you
0: you can step off a third time, but you have to get him out. Right, that's right. You You,
1: you have to get him out the third time. Yeah, but in theory, you've the pitchers now have to deliver the ball in a certain window of time, and can only disengage so many times. So, if you're a guy like Acuna, you know when he's got to throw, and you also know that if he comes over twice, he ain't coming again because he's not sure he's going to get you. So you can get a little extra half step, and
0: I I definitely think it's changed.
1: It's it's opened up the running game. But it's not like it's opened up the running game so much. They're setting like these crazy records. They're just getting back to the way it used to be. Yeah. OK. I mean, that's so, fair. So I definitely. So has it affected the running game? Absolutely. Has it has it changed it in a way that makes it unfair? Well, no, because they're they're just now getting back to where they used to be 10 years ago. Yeah. OK, that's fair. Because I for, just for a while there, was... there was like no stolen bases anywhere in baseball.
0: Yeah, because that was the whole mentality. It's like, why run into a potential out when everyone's just swinging for the fences all the time? And it can be a two-run bomb instead of getting thrown out at second right. and then hitting a solo shot. So,
1: And that was a big reason yeah. the game was slowed down is you'd have pitches that would stay in there forever or they'd throw yeah. over seven times. It's fair.
0: Yeah. All right. A uh, couple things before we head out here. John um, uh, Carlos Stanton hits home run number 400 of his career. Um,
1: and was injured doing it. Oh,
0: wait. No, Sorry. Well, we'll we'll get to the other injured Yankee, which is a big one. But, I mean, Stanton, one of the best power hitters in our lifetime, for sure. Like, this guy just hits absolute nukes. Um, with, yeah, when healthy, the career. guy can hit. Yeah.
1: I mean, the last year or two with the Yankees, when he's been healthy, he's been pretty mediocre. But he hasn't really ever been fully healthy.
0: I mean, playoff Stanton the last couple of years have been, yep. has been the only reason the Yankees have been in games. But – um yeah 400 home, uh, career home runs for Stanton. Yeah, so another cheap. milestone. Um Jason Dominguez, mm-hmm. the Martian has a torn UCL. So Tommy John, well, I don't need. I haven't heard reports that he's getting Tommy John. Oh, the only report I saw was a torn UCL. So they call up their prospects Dude, to its two home runs in his first three games and now has a torn UCL. I-
1: and this is a position player, like I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know what's
0: going on with this Yankees training stuff. There's something wrong. Something's going on.
1: You call the dude up
0: and he gets hurt. Or strength and conditioning coach or something. Something yeah.
1: is, is way Something's obvious. not working. Something's not working. Because you got you got guys getting hurt with injuries that they really just shouldn't have. Yeah. I mean Dominguez is not throwing the ball that much to Terry UCL.
0: Yeah, you wouldn't think. I mean, it's not like he's out on the mound or even right. in the infield. He's playing the outfield.
1: Right. I mean, Bryce Harper injured it, but this was a guy that's been in the league for a lot of freaking years.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Um, Yeah. Uh, the, the last thing I have, I just saw this before we came on. This is absolutely mind-blowing to me. This is so cool. This is one of my favorite baseball movies. Um, but oh, yeah. the mom from Little Big League, Ashley Crow is the actual mom of the Cubs' number one prospect, Pete Crow Armstrong. So now that the Cubs are reportedly calling Pete up, she's officially the mother of an MLB player nearly 30 years after the movie's been released. My my mind just went
1: Yeah, wow, you like, said that. You know I was like, what? "Wow, that's wild." So
0: crazy. So she played the mom and Little Big League, and her son is actually going to the show as the Cubs' number one prospect. Um, I thought that was really
1: cool. And he's good.
0: Yeah. that's good. Is he a pitcher, position player? I don't know what uh, position
1: he plays. I can't remember. Let me look it up real quick. I'm pretty sure he's like – I want to say he's an outfielder or something. But,
0: yeah, that was nuts. I was like, you got to be kidding me. That was really cool. Yeah, stat. he
1: plays all three outfield positions. Okay. So, nice. Yeah, I was like, "No way, that's nuts." Yeah, that's wild. Um, it's wild to yeah. think that that you you played it, and now you actually are it. Yeah, it it does beg the question, though. Here we are getting into. Oh, and by the way, your boy Josh Johnson got called up to the Milwaukee Brewers.
0: I did see that too, but didn't yep. really think it was newsworthy. <laughs> no, it won't <laughs> not
1: because it won't last. But it's you're at the point now where I wonder if the, we're going to see some of the teams start to call up younger players. Um just to get some variety on the roster and give some other, other kids a look. Yeah. Pretty cool. So as uh when you look at stolen bases across the league, your top five teams for stolen bases, this will this I found surprising. Leading major league baseball in stolen bases is the Reds with 167. The Rays are second at 153. The Diamondbacks are third at 146. The Kansas City Royals are fourth with 138. The Oakland Athletics are fifth with 133.
0: Damn. The Oakland That's, Athletics
1: are fifth. Yep. That's probably uh estuary Ruiz by himself. He's like, yeah, he's like half of it. But but yeah, I was I was looking at this going, wow. And our San Diego Padres just continue to defy logic and suck. Yeah. But interesting, interesting stat, Nick, you and I were talking before we went on. The Padres are 67 and 77. Their expected win loss is 78 and 66. It's an 11 game swing between where they're at and where they should be based on stats, which tells me that they're winning big and losing ugly. They're losing the close games are losing They're, you know, they're losing them late. But 11 game swing and and they are 28 and 41 on the road. Horrendous away from Petco. Yeah, it's
0: the season the Padres are having is one to forget, that is
1: for sure. Yeah, 8 games back in the wild card, eliminated from the division already. 20 game 21 games behind the Dodgers. The Dodgers still own them. <laughs> this it, is the year that was supposed to change.
0: Yeah. I mean, it is weird. Their run differential kind of stands out to me, but it's because they lose the close games. Yep. But they blow out their wins like it's yeah. it's it's weird.
1: Well, you got San Diego is 67 and 77 with a plus 61. The Marlins are 74 and 69 with a minus 46. Yeah. Yeah, and the Marlins are the reverse story. They, you know, they're 74 and 69. They should be 67 and 76.
0: Right. When the Marlins get beat, they get beat.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're, it's a seven game swing the other direction for them. Yeah. Absolutely not. So it's, it's, it's wild, but yeah. Do
0: you have anything else before I make the last announcement? No, that's it. All right. So pretty cool um, guest we have coming on next week. Uh, It won't be on Monday um, and we'll talk to him about it. Why? But um, next week we're going to have Anthony D'Alfonso on, on Tuesday. Uh, Anthony DelFonso is the owner of Triple Crown Baseball and Softball Academy now. Um, he is a crazy, crazy baseball talent to come out of Maine. He uh, is in the Hall of Fame at SMCC, Hall of Fame at USM, uh, went on to the Mexican League, won a Triple Crown there, I believe. Um, just absolute incredible baseball talent to come out of Maine. Um, I had the honor of playing with him one fall at SMCC um great guy what he's doing for the main community for baseball and softball is is incredible um so we're gonna have him on talk some baseball talk about his career um and can't wait for that um it'll be really great to talk some baseball with him and uh like really catch up and like i was talking to him back and forth about the talent starting to come out of Maine and Maine baseball starting to get recognized, which is great. Cause like Harrison and I have talked about numerous times, like when we were, you know, going up through the ranks, like new England is just kind of like, meh. like Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, like no one really comes up there. It's too cold. We don't play a lot, you know, like yeah. the talent, but the talent's getting there. And, and people like Anthony is why, um, you know, the talent's increasing. So, um really cool can't wait to have him on um i don't know if we'll be live next week but it might be a tape um and then we'll send it out at some point during the week so keep your eyes out for that we will advertise it um but really excited for anthony to be on next week so keep your eyes peeled for that we'll be putting out posts this week um and we'll go from there
1: Yeah, I played fall league softball with him a couple years ago. I've never seen a softball travel so far in my whole life. Dude,
0: it's (laughs) it's nuts, man. He straight up mashes. Yeah, I put a couple links
1: in the chat to his bio when he was at SMCC and USM. Some pretty amazing stats and recognition he got while he was there.
0: Yeah, absolutely crazy. So um, it will be great. So I don't know if we'll be on next Monday. We might just do the Tuesday show and release it on Tuesday. Just keep your eye out for the Facebook page there. Um, but either way, um, thanks for listening, chiming in. Um, make sure you follow, like subscribe, share our podcast, share our reels. Um, like our reels, give comment us crap. On our reels, give us, yeah, do it. Just do it. <laughs> it gets us views. It feels like. so good. Um, I mean, we're still getting followers here, so it's awesome. Um, we're getting more visible. It's, it's great. So thanks to the people that listen every week. Um, and chime in it really means a lot um so thanks for watching and like i said keep your eye out for the time we'll be out next week not sure if it will be monday um or later on in the week but just keep your eyes peeled and we will keep you updated and either way we'll see you next week
1: see ya